Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Tell us or tell anyone who's listening more about yourself in terms of the things that you do that have nothing to do with H3 Pioneer, um, your PhD, the, uh, the, all the other responsibilities that have to do with science that you're doing. Tell okay. us the things that have, <laughs> are not uh, science related, your hobbies, anything. Tell us. So for me and f- Unfortunately, because I have mm. been working and studying for such a long, long, long time, mm-hmm. um, I haven't had to have very many hobbies. Um, Wait, but one how thing, long is long? Uh, maybe 13 or 14 years now already, mm-hmm. altogether. Since that's, that's from undergraduate, right? Yeah, yeah. But there, sorry, let me interrupt you. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> When I wanted to do my masters, I had I was trying to see okay, is if I do my masters, of uh, I might want to do my PhD probably, but I want to see uh, how's the journey like for other people. So I went on LinkedIn. I have a habit for collecting data, um, <laughs> which is really weird. So <laughs> I'll go, I went on LinkedIn, checked everybody who has a PhD or who's a in, in a comfortable okay mm-hmm. according to my view in a comfortable position in the science field and mm-hmm. trying to check when did it when did they start their university education and they, i didn't find anyone who had less than 10 years oh really that's quite yeah. interesting like you'll see that's where it changes or more uh, or oh no that uh, makes me feel a little bit better <laughs> <laughs> it's just something I remembered. I was like, okay, this we don't really appreciate how long it takes for someone to actually be seen, like to just get that doctorate. Just, yeah, we, we we don't see how long it takes. Like we don't, you don't see how long it takes for a scientist. You yeah. know, uh, I don't know if you've listened to Afra's interview. Mm. You've listened to Afra's interview? I think I have, yeah. Yeah, uh she was she started her uh her education with her brother, her brother, but her brother went into uh industry immediately after her bachelor's mm-hmm. and how she went into academia and you know she's now just gotten out of her PhD and going to a postdoc and trying mm-hmm. to find her footing. So I was trying to see that's more than 10 years or, or yeah. I don't know, around 10 years. And uh, you can see this is someone who's also trying to find her footing now into the mm, job market. Mm. And this is someone who's been the other person, same, same, same course, but chose a different path and is doing very well. Mm. And like when, when I see scientists, um, I wonder, and um, 
and and look at at what uh, how long it takes for them to actually get that doctorate that red gown and uh, be and actually find a footing in the in the academic mm. world especially especially the academic world yeah trying to find a footing and growing it takes such a long time yeah <laughs> And we don't see that. People are not shown that. And it's okay yeah. to talk about it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, people don't very often see all the struggle either. And I think a lot of people see, like, I, I've, I've actually noticed that even with, with myself, mm. um, people will, will hear, oh, you're, you know, you're doing your PhD and whatever. And they'll just assume like, oh, you know, you're just so smart and you've just got things, you know, going for you. And, and that's often not the case. <laughs> It's usually the complete opposite. You're usually mm. like a complete mess and you don't feel that way at all. But I've, I've noticed mm. how, how differently other people perceive you as well, especially yeah. people outside of science. I think in science, mm. it's easy to to still feel like, you know, like a small dog, no matter how mm. much you accomplish. But outside mm. of, of, of academia, um, when you talk to people and, and you tell them about what you do, they are just like, mm. oh, wow, like you must be so intelligent. You must be so mm. smart. And they, they kind of just kind of make the silent assumption that, you know, you've kind of just always had things going good for you and you've had all these mm. opportunities mm. when sometimes you, you've really not. And it's been very difficult. So I also always like to hear about it. I like to hear that, you know, people's journeys weren't that straightforward because you mm. always often see people advertising, obviously, the good times, the wins. Yeah. But you never see them talk about the lows and the bad times. And I guess I understand Especially why. when they're happening. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so you're telling us about your hobbies. You you said that you spend so much time to um, in education. Um, so that does that mean? Yeah, that you don't so have I don't I don't have many hobbies. But what mm. one thing I did decide to do was to actually start to make a bucket list. Um, mm-hmm. and so what I'd like to do is to do at least two things on my bucket list every single year for the next few years. Um, Tell so us that the I can bucket actually list. No, so there's like, there's lots of random things on there to be fairly honest. So just things that I've been wanting to do throughout my life that I've just never gotten to do. So things like I want to learn to play the guitar. Um, mm-hmm. I really want to learn some type of martial arts and I've, I've been leaning towards mm-hmm. like Japanese sword fighting or something like, like not so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I have been diving for a while, but I've never ever gotten any dive qualifications. And so I'd really like mm-hmm. to actually get certified. And so that, that's both an academic aspiration, but also a bucket list item, personal thing that I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as part of that, uh, one of my bucket list things is to go diving in as many oceans as I can across the world. So whenever I, if ever I travel going forward mm-hmm. and whenever I travel, if I get the opportunity to do I'm going to make a plan to dive. It doesn't matter where I am, what country, if I'm mm. landlocked, I'll go dive in the river. Um, so I've got those, those, those little things. Um, those, 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 it's really bucket listy, you know, type things. And some of them are smaller, like actually learn to cook properly. What do you mean properly? Like, I can't cook to save my life. Like, <laughs> what? I'm, I'm so bad at like cooking. So I'd really like to learn to cook properly and like, you know, those, those little things that I've just not, not, not done. All oh my in God, my life. that sounds like me. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I've, I've got all these things that, you know, maybe also I just have been too busy to do, but I've decided mm-hmm. that no matter how busy I am, I'm going to try and do a couple of these things every year. Mm. 
Um, even if it's just one or two, I'm going to do one or two of those things and make, and if it's like something that could become a hobby, it's going to become a hobby and I'll see if I can, I can kind of keep doing it. Um, mm. and so I've been, I've really been looking around at you know, all the things that I can just do right here in Cape Town and there's so many things, um, that I could even do just here, um, that I've been wanting to do. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely try and do at least a few things this year. <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, so that means that you haven't done okay, so what do you do when you're not working? So I do like to go hiking. I do enjoy a good hike. Um and then I do do a lot of a little bit of free diving. I haven't done it that much. I mean the last few years because I also had a couple of really bad knee injuries and I had surgery and mm. I went through rehabilitation for that. Um and so that that took me away from diving for a really long time. Um, and then, then COVID hit and then I couldn't go to the beach because it was on lockdown. <laughs> mm, mm. And so there was like all these things that I, and I mean, that, that was really my happy place. And so that impacted me like mentally a lot as well, because I couldn't just, I just couldn't get there. Mm. Um, and so that was really hard. And I've, I've, I've decided that this year, I just want to get back into a lot of that. I want to start, you know, just doing a lot of my free diving again. Um, mm. if I can, if I can you know, like start fishing again, I'd like to do that as well this year. Um, but I'd like to just start to pick up a couple of those ho- hobbies that I've lost and I've dropped in. Like I used to read a lot, but then I got, I haven't even been reading that much. Mm. Um, so I just like to start reading again. Like those, those really basic things that I've kind of lost along the way or just, I guess I didn't prioritize, but I maybe should have. Mm. Um, so it's, it's really for me in this next few years, it's really picking back up on, on just life and being a human. <laughs> And having hobbies and interests and likes, like a regular person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What what kind of stuff were you reading? So I, I like a lot of fiction, um, a lot of mm. science fiction mm-hmm. um, that I like to read, but a lot of fiction. Um, so I, I read like, like, I mean, a, a lot of people will, will have a lot to say about this, but I, I like Dan Brown. Um, and so I, I like his, his, his style of writing and I like Stephen King. Um, and then also, um, I'm really a big fan, um, of J.R. Tolkien. So I like the Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion. So like that whole series. Um, but I, I, I like, I like a lot of science fiction, but I also like a lot of self-help books, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm admitting this, <laughs> but I like, I like to read self-help books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah. I actually, that's probably some of the most books that I've read. So just books on like spirituality or, um, you know, things like, like, um, like anything that, that can just help with like self-improvement and whatever. And I've also read a lot of like relationship type books. So like, you know, like think like a man and men are from Mars and women are from mm-hmm. Venus. I've like read all of those like little classic, like <laughs> okay self-help books, which was quite interesting. Uh, cause I always find it, I always find it interesting to read about like the human psyche and how different mm. people perceive it and how different mm. writers perceive it. Because whenever you read any of these books, like a lot of the time the advice that they swear by is so contradictory as well. Mm. So it's so interesting to see how different people perceive different things as well. And I think that's what I, what I like about it. Um, so yeah, so I, I want to pick up a lot of reading again this year, I think. Tell me more about hiking. So I don't hike too much at the moment. Um, and since my knee injuries, obviously what I've been able to do mm-hmm. is very, very limited. And so I recently went on just a very, very short hike. Um, just a little mountain hike here in Cape mm-hmm. Town. 
Um, and I actually struggled a little bit and I never used to struggle when I hiked and that was shocking. So I, I actually realized I'd have to start with really short, small trails, mm-hmm. um, and then work my way, you know, to, oh. to the longer trails again. Mm. Um, so that was, it was a bit disappointing because I used to love hiking and there were so many trails around like Cape Town, especially that I wanted to do. Um, but they are quite intense. Uh, one, ugh, there's a few that's like eight or nine hour hikes and it just, it takes mm. like an entire day. So I'm definitely not ready for those. So what I would like to do is just hike a little bit more, you know, every month do a few, few trails and do a little bit harder, you know, do ones that are a little bit more difficult all the time till I can get there. But it's going to, it's going to take me a while. I must say, I'm, yeah, my knees are not in great, great shape. Okay. So I see that you love hiking despite your current um, condition. Why did what? Why did you start hiking? What do you gain from hiking? Why why hike? <laughs> yeah, why so why are you trying to see that you can get back to hiking? <laughs> why is it no, important? So, so so for me, it's just I don't feel um. How can I say? I don't feel like I recharge in terms of like my energy. Unless I'm outdoors, I don't do well inside of any type of concrete. <laughs> the, con- the concrete <laughs> jungle, the concrete jungle does nothing for you, but the real jungle will rejuvenate mm-hmm. you for life. I really believe mm-hmm. that. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a really rejuvenating experience. And I think that when you are, you know, when you're out in nature doing really anything in nature, you tend to forget about everything else. Um, that we prioritize as humans. So, you know, mm. you, you just forget everything. You forget the whole materialistic system that, that we're all just kind of making our way through. Um, and it, you just, it's just like, it's such a primal feeling. Like, and in many ways, you kind of feel like this is really where we are supposed to be. We're not supposed to be in four walls all the time, looking at mm. concrete in and amongst all these dead things, these inanimate mm. things. Um, and when you're in nature, you just feel that's like so much more. You just feel like, you feel like you're recharging your energy. Your soul is recharging. Mm-hmm. And I don't get that feeling anywhere else. I get it when I go hiking and I get it when I go diving and I don't really get it anywhere else. Um, you get fulfilled with other things in your life in different ways, but there's just that, that like primal, like spiritual re- like fulfillment that you get. <laughs> I don't know that when you're out in nature and it's just so, you have so much time with yourself and time with your thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just yeah. something about walking and thinking that just makes you think differently <laughs> and a lot more clear. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks for sharing that. So, um, for someone who doesn't know, this is actually a really late night call. And, uh, <laughs> before this, you, you're telling me that, uh, you'd have, you, you've had a busy day and we've had a very uh, long conversation. Um, yes, we did. I'm actually looking at the time and it's been like more than two hours. <laughs> uh, and I'm just wondering, how do you genuinely feel after having this conversation i feel i actually feel really good um Mm. it relieved in a way because Mm. i don't speak about this um all that often to be fairly honest i Mm. think we have a tendency to listen to other people's you know journeys and stories and problems but you don't always you don't always get to talk about yours and um, I, I feel really good about it and one thing i really like about these podcasts is that it is very honest and 
um, it's really cool to vulnerable scientists for a reason. And mm. what I really also like is that it's really, you know, it's our journey in our words. And we get mm-hmm. to say what we feel the way we want to say it. Um, and I think that's really important because there's nothing worse than somebody twisting your story or making it something that it's not. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I've really, I've, I've quite enjoyed this as well because I've also just gotten to be honest. And, you know, I've, I've, I've thought a lot throughout this conversation as well. You know, I had a couple of like, Oh, okay. You know, now that I'm thinking about it. No, I'm actually thinking about it a little bit differently. And yeah, it's, it's been really nice going through the journey again. Like It's been a long one, actually. Mm. <laughs> Thanks um, for sharing your journey. Uh, I loved this conversation. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, I really enjoyed really it as well. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything that you'd like to tell or to put out there that I didn't ask? No, not really. Um, mm. But I think one thing that I would like to say is that always, 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 always be stubborn enough to fail forward. Always be stubborn enough to not succumb to your circumstances or your difficulties and always be stubborn enough to excel. But more than anything, leave a path that is better for whoever comes behind you. Um, I think that's very important in life is to pave a better way. Um, And I think that even if you accomplish nothing in life, but you make it a little bit easier for the person who comes next, I think that's it's a wonderful legacy to leave. And I think that if more of us think about our journeys within that context, we'd actually, I think we'd find a lot more fulfillment a lot faster um, because mm-hmm. we'll be focusing on, on, on making impact, impactful change, um, you know, that will impact generations to come hopefully. And a lot of people very directly. And so that's always what I, what I like to, to tell people is that, you know, when you leave a legacy, it doesn't have to be this notable, notariable legacy that the whole world knows about your legacy can just be making it easier for the next person. And that's very much what I want my legacy to be is Mm. to make the journey or the road a little bit, just a little bit less bumpy than it was for me. Um, And I hope that a lot more people are able to do that as well within their settings to, you know, be the voice of change, to stand up and to just be strong enough, um, you know, to try and make the road a little bit better for, for everybody who's going to come behind you.